Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Leighton Hewitt, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph. We are supported by BNP Paribas, the bank for a changing world. And we are in Glasgow, site of the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas, semi-finals between Great Britain and Australia. And what a thrilling day we've had on Saturday. A five-set classic between the Murray brothers, Andy and Jamie, against the old warrior Leighton Hewitt and the biggest server in tennis in Sam Groth. It went all the way. And eventually, it was won by Great Britain. And it takes Britain now into a 2-1 lead overnight as we go into the Sunday's reverse singles. My name is David Law. I was commentating on those matches for BBC Radio 5 Live. I'm joined today by our regular Catherine Whittaker and, as a very special guest here on the Tennis Podcast, hot-footing it from British Eurosport, is Annabelle Croft. Annabelle, how are you doing? We're sitting here at the moment and we're keeping our voices down because we're courtside looking around the corner at the Australian teams. It's only an hour ago that this place was utter bedlam. 8,000 voices and people shouting as loudly as they could. Now it is very quiet because the Australian team are going through their paces ahead of tomorrow's reverse singles. And frankly, I still don't know who's going to play, and I'm spying on them. Well, I'm spying too. I'm trying to work out who they might put in to go up against Murray tomorrow in that first crucial singles match. And from what I'm seeing, it might well be Tomic, who, of course, is down to play. But after his first singles match, we all thought, well, maybe they won't play him. But after what's just happened with Murray, what an extraordinary contest that was. But, I mean, he is very physically and emotionally drained, as he said in the press conference. So they need somebody, the Aussies do, that's going to have a bit more energy. And actually, Groth and Hewitt are both as exhausted probably as Murray. So I think it probably will be Tomic. But who knows? I mean, I'm trying to do my spying here. But Kokinakis is also warming up. But of course, he can't play Murray. Absolutely. He's down to play Dan Evans in the fifth rubber. And Dan Evans has just walked past me and tapped me on the shoulder and smiled because he saw us spying. It wasn't a smile, David. It was a wink. It was the wink of a fellow West Midlander is what it was. Well, he's not very happy at the moment because his team, Aston Villa, have just lost to my team, West Bromwich Albion. So that was great. Now... uh, 
We should also say that Leighton Hewitt is out there and uh, Sam Groth is practising his serve as well. So they're keeping us all guessing. We haven't got a clue, Catherine, where to go. Leighton looks like, well, to me, looks like he's out there in a sort of co-captaincy slash coach capacity rather than in a playing capacity. I, I, I was all set to come on this podcast and say I thought Hewitt might be subbed in and and Groth possibly as well, but now that I've seen this, and Tomic seems to be one be the being the one having the most energetic hit here, and and also thinking it through, what I would be thinking if I were the Aussie captain, I'd be thinking, well, our best chance is that Murray is exhausted tomorrow. Who's going to keep him out there the longest? Is Tomic, isn't it? Yes, but who might be the most dangerous? Groth. Who's the most experienced? Hewitt. And let's be honest, Groth and Hewitt have just played four hours. They don't need to warm up at at all, do they? It is just such a conundrum. I mean, I literally have no idea what's going to happen. And we will probably only find out about an hour before the singles is due to take place tomorrow. But at the moment, I am thinking, like Catherine, that it's going to be Tomic. But like you just said, you know, with Groth and that big serve to get some free quick points, not to be too physically exhausted because of the type of brand of tennis that he brings out onto the court. But I think he looked utterly devastated when he left that court today. I mean, he gave it his all. I thought his performance was phenomenal, considering he's the least experienced, actually, out of uh, all of them in this type of cauldron atmosphere. And he literally left every last ounce of energy out there on the court and played the match of his life they both did they they really couldn't have played a better match than they did and came so utterly close to it but it's exciting isn't it what an atmosphere I've never experienced an atmosphere quite like I've just experienced in here as you said an hour ago it was extraordinary well there you go Glasgow Annabelle Croft says you got the best atmosphere in tennis it was amazing and because this Emirates arena keeps all the sound in as well Catherine it I mean it makes it goes right through you doesn't it hair on the back of your neck standing up it was. I was watching those final few points from a sort of second tier level just above where we're watching next to, to this stand we're sitting at. And in the wake of the moment of victory, I could quite literally see this stand shaking as everybody was jumping up and down to the Proclaimers 500 miles. This stand was shaking. And I know that's a cliche, but I, and I know people misuse the word literally, but I do mean <laughs> literally shaking. It certainly was, and we should add as well, we'll have a a few sound effects from that match point a little bit later in the tennis podcast. We're also going to bring you uh, the inside story of the British support team here as part of the BNP Paribas We Are Tennis Fan Academy. Catherine has been sent behind the scenes to meet them all and watch them go through their paces two hours before the match even starts. They actually do training so that they're really good at singing their songs. Annabelle Croft, that match today... It was so up and down, wasn't it? I mean, did did you at any point, apart from match point when you saw the final point won by Britain, did you actually think, I know what's going to happen here? Because every time I thought I knew, something else happened. Yeah, well, it had so many twists and turns. And of course, I was doing the on-court interview with the winners and then with the captain as well. But I can honestly say I went through about 25,000 different cue cards (laughs) because I'd rewritten the questions so many times. And, you know, it just was so extraordinary, the twists and turns, because at one stage you had Groth serving for the first set. He then went down break points to serve out that set. And you thought, oh, he's jittering and he just can't close out. Suddenly he was able to come back in that game and get that first set under their belt. And you thought, wow, I 
didn't expect the Aussies to get off to such a fast start, but they did. Then, of course, they were up again with breaks uh, in that third set, and then they were pegged back, and you thought they were going to go set two sets to one up, but it didn't happen. Then in the fourth set, they were... What was it? Jamie was down set points at Love 40, managed to come back and save that. Then they went match points up in the fourth set. They didn't get that one. I thought they were going to close the match at that point. I ripped up all my cue cards yet again. And then, of course, they came out with a fast start in the fifth and then they got broken back again. So like you said, David, I mean, literally until the last point was played, I really didn't know what was happening. And I was sitting, I mean, Catherine's just talked about the atmosphere here in this particular stand, which we're right close to now. But I was sitting underneath that support camp right by the drummer. And literally the drum was just going right through your entire body. And it is a bit like having some kid that's just opened a set of drums for Christmas. And you kind of think, actually, you know what, this is actually really quite wearing. <laughs> Can you just give it a break for a minute? But, um, but they carried on for every single point that was ever played in the entire match. So anyway, I got used to the drumming. I think yeah, if you don't like drums, Annabelle Croft, don't come to the Davis Cup. Simple as that, really. Now, the, uh, the other semi-final at the moment, it poised at one all over night Argentina as we record currently two sets to one up in the double so it's it's all to play for I mean you know I I, I'm, I think it, if Britain played Argentina that would be in the UK somewhere we have no idea where I think they might need a bigger stadium than this by Davis Cup final rules to be able to to hold it somewhere but anyway it would be fantastic to have it in Britain if it went to to Belgium and a way tie that would be thrilling but there's still a small matter of the reverse singles to come here, Catherine Whitaker. We don't know who Australia are going to put up yet, but Andy Murray is going to have to try to bring Britain home, isn't he? Yeah, no pressure, Andy, but it is the hopes of a nation are all on this one match. You know, just total expectation. Everybody, you know, we spoke to Greg Rosetsky on the podcast yesterday and he said there is not a hope in hell that Andy Murray is losing any of his matches at this tie. And, uh, you know, people put those eggs in the basket before the tie even starts. And certainly after watching... Um, uh, him against Kokonakis yesterday, the eggs were doubly in the basket. So, it, a lot of eggs here. It's, it's almost, it's almost. He can only lose, can't he? Because it, it's no, he can win and then send Britain through to the final. And people will go, oh, well done, Andy. You did what everybody expected of you. Um, Valid point. Yeah, Annabelle. Um, I mean, it is enormous pressure Andy Murray has to play with in this country, isn't it? I can't even imagine the sort of pressure that he's under, but he does seem to thrive on it, and he rises to the occasion. You can see him feeding off the energy of the crowd out here, and I think he really loves it, actually. And from talking to Judy at the US Open, you know, she was saying, I, I went on the bus with her one journey out to the, the site, and she said, you have no idea how much he wants to win this Davis Cup. It is like one of his major ambitions, and I think it's right up there in terms of pressure of when he tried to win Wimbledon, and of course the US Open, and that Olympic gold, but this is on his bucket list and he is so close now and you only have to watch his body language out here I mean he's just so fired up and he's just like giving it heaps to the crowd but he's emotionally a lot more stable than I think we've witnessed in some of the matches and singles at the US Open it's almost as if he's keeping this uh, emotion under wraps to, to conserve the energy for the right times and he's not giving away nearly as much as he does uh, when he's representing himself out there I think there seems to be a bit of a difference when he's representing his country I think it, I completely agree with you. I think it's partly en energy conservation, but I also think it's... I mean, OK, the, the match against Kevin Anderson at the US Open was perhaps a little bit of a blip in terms of latter-day Andy Murray standing. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tiebreak or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. I think as Simon Briggs referred to at the time, it was a little bit pre-Lendl. But it's, it's a lot more difficult, I would imagine, to sit there and, and F and Jeff and everything in the name of your country. I, I, I would guess if you were at any point tempted, you know, there were a couple of moments during this doubles match where Andy went to throw the racket and just held himself back. And I wonder if, you know, it's because throw, throwing the racket with GB colours on feels a little bit different to only having yourself to answer to. Possibly, possibly. Well, let's hear from the British team. A pretty exhausted Andy Murray and Jamie Murray alongside Leon Smith afterwards. Jamie was asked what he thought of the experience. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, I think yeah, for us to come back and play in Scotland is always a lot of fun. Um, I think we all really look forward to it. Yeah, obviously, there's a lot at stake for us today for the for the team. Um, doubles is always such an important rubber in Davis Cup, and uh, we just wanted to do our best for the team and try to try to get the result that will put us in a good position for the rest of the time. Andy, Jamie, your mum was in the crowd today, and it looked to be quite an agonising experience for her at various moments and quite unique experience as well her both her sons holding hopes of a nation do you ever spare a thought for what she's going through when watching you both our whole family were there My, our dad was there as well it's not just our mum that goes through it a lot of the time it's our whole family yeah they always stick by us they're always there to support us they obviously desperately want us to win but the the nicest thing about 
family is that they don't actually it doesn't change how they view you whether you win or lose a tennis match you know they still view you exactly the same they they care about you as people first it's not just about winning and losing tennis matches so yeah it is difficult to to watch but it is also nice having a a close and supportive family behind you because when you lose matches like that or you know, tough ones in a slam final or whatever, they're, they're always there um, supporting. Andy, you've achieved most things in tennis. You've won Grand Slams. What would it mean to you to take your country into a Davis Cup final, having the team been down right in the depths of the competition not too many years ago? Um, I don't know, but hopefully I'll get a chance to, to answer that tomorrow. You know, just try and try and concentrate on on the match and, and focus on the the tactics and try and perform like I, I did on Friday. And that's that's what my job is to do tomorrow. And hopefully I can I can do it well. So a great day for the British team. What about the Australians? Yeah, all Davis Cup doubles is uh, a lot of ebbs and flows throughout a, a five-set match, uh, especially on that kind of surface, which, uh, you know, it's on the slower side court. Um, so, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be some breaks of serves. And, uh, yeah, we obviously, you know, fought off some break points early in the first set, was able to get that set. Um, you know, second set, we, we couldn't quite get into their service games as much. Um, and then, obviously, we had an early break in the third Um Got a little bit unlucky actually uh, to give the break back, uh, where they you know, hit some neck cords, um, and then you know obviously we just kept fighting and digging deep when they served for the match in the fourth and, and you know a really close tie break and the fifth again we were down a break came back and, and then obviously got broken in the end so yeah doubles especially doubles Davis Cup doubles over five sets it sometimes can only rely on one or two points. Wally, could you just sum up how proud you are of your guys as Leighton said for coming back and back and back into that match but and how how tempting is it now perhaps t to throw Leighton in against Andy tomorrow bearing in mind what Andy's gone through in that match as well yeah look you make an interesting point um we do have that versatility with four singles players but we'll make all our decisions in the morning but look the doubles it was a great doubles it was highly entertaining um the crowd certainly made it interesting and they got behind their boys when they got on a roll in that third set. But as you said, I'm you know, extremely proud of our guys. They've trained incredibly hard. Um, you know, all year we've been working towards this and they left everything out on the court. You know, it's not easy to soak up all that disappointment. They were down three love in the fifth. They turned that around. They came within a whisker of winning. Um, but, you know, congratulations to the Murray boys. They played well and they played well for a long period of time and they had to be at their best to beat these guys. But... Uh, as I said, I was proud to have Australia on my back today. Thompson's late and then Wally. Um, if Bernie plays Andy tomorrow, has he got a match of his life in him? Well, uh, he, he probably will have to. Andy was he, he was scintillating in his singles, but I can tell you, he won't be quite as as clinical. He won't feel quite as good as he did on Friday. That's for sure, because that was brutal. Um, just playing with that sort of tension for that amount of hours is tiring in itself. And I think that's one of the great things about our team. We have four singles players, and from those four singles players, we create a doubles team. And, uh, you know, a very competitive doubles team, it must be said. And, yeah, we have options, and we will go back tonight, assess how everybody's feeling. We'll have a little think about tomorrow and come up with something.
So there's the British and the Australian teams. There is one more day of this Great Britain against Australia Davis Cup by BNP Paribas. Semi-final still to come. The reverse singles. It is 2-1 Britain. Annabelle Croft is now going to give us the result. <laughs> I think Andy Murray is going to play Bernard Tomic, and I think he's going to win it in four sets. And I think Britain will be into the final for the first time in how many years? Oh, just the 37, 1978. There you go, since a long time ago. <laughs> Certainly is a long time ago. They aren't half punchy, these uh, British Eurosport pundits we get on, are they? I mean, this is prediction central here. Well, they fit right here in, on the uh, tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph. It, welcome any time, Annabelle. Thank you. I love coming on your show. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been really fun and what a great day to have come on. I think it's one of the most memorable days in uh, British tennis history, actually. And a big part of that is the atmosphere. Annabelle talked about it, reckoned that this is the best crowd she's ever heard inside a stadium. A big part of that is the We Are Tennis Fan Academy that BNP Paribas has sorted out. What they did is they got people to submit their applications to be the best fan in the world. And John McEnroe was the man who had the decision to make as to who would make the grade. He decided on a group of about 150 people that are here in Glasgow. And you might think that they just pitch up with their saxophone and their drum and make lots of noise, but they actually go through training, as Catherine Whitaker found out. I'm joined by Nick, who is the unofficial drill sergeant of the BMP Parabar We Are Tennis Fan Academy. Nick, how on earth did you come to this role? We did it for the first time at Queen's. It worked really well. So what they've done is first time, which is normal in football and other sports, they've penned all of the fans together that make noise to create a sort of uh, section within the stadium that sing and chant and get on the players' sort of side. So we had a training academy yesterday before the game where we put them through all the paces of the songs and everything else. We make them do shuttle runs so that they're fit, so that they can last the course, because the Davis Cup is obviously over three Mikey. days. I know, it's, it's hard. So, um, you know, we, we want them to commit. We want them to replicate really what the players are doing in the squad. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's a fantastic thing to do. Could you introduce me to some of your star recruits, please, Nick? Let me just uh, introduce you to Gloria. Gloria was uh, with us for the quarterfinal. And I officially voted her the best human being that I've ever met. Aww. Now, hello, hello, Gloria. We have to speak to you. Tell me about being in the We Are Tennis Fan Academy. It's just fantastic. Electric atmosphere every time. I love it. How did you come to be in this fan academy? Well, actually, my son and I went to Queen's. And then he said, Mum, do a video. Then I did. And I, they selected me, and then I had an interview with McEnroe, and then he chose me too. So, hi guys, go? introduce yourselves to me and tell me what it is you're doing here today. Uh, so I'm Deepak, and I'm Divya, here to support GB as a twins. <laughs> that you are identical twins by yeah. the looks of things. Yeah. And, and how, how is it being drilled by a drill sergeant like Nick? Being sort of a professional <laughs> tennis fan is what it sounds like. Yes, I mean, uh, similar to Gloria, we were in Queens and we made this video and then got picked. You got picked by McEnroe as well? McEnroe, yeah, which is great. And then this all started and I didn't really know what I was jumping into, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it's a great, great idea. I think that's what yeah. tennis needs, kind of. Because normally tennis fans are more subdued than the other, yeah. you know, rugby and soccer. It's all very polite and exactly. wimbledon isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but this is exactly what you need. And I think this kind of gives a permission to yeah. be like that and it's great. Do you get a real kick out of seeing how much the players respond to it? I mean, Andy absolutely. Murray absolutely loves it, doesn't yeah. he? Exactly. 
Andy Murray especially, he like he exists on to you know to, to shout louder, and I think it's that absolutely. Well, guys, keep up the good work because the doubles is going to be crucial. Yes, keep it up. Exactly. Thank yeah, go GB. <laughs> it's a big occasion, and to have the the support behind you, it makes it makes a huge difference. I mean, I, I don't know why that is, but it's the case in every single sport. In, in my opinion, I don't know any football teams that play worse when they play at home. All of the the British athletes performed, I would say, better at the Olympics when it was held in 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 London, and it helps when you have the backing of the the crowd. It makes a difference. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 